The Devils will play their second game of a back-to-back to open up the new season. This time they are taking on the Arizona Coyotes and Chase Beardsley of the Hockey Riders accompanies me on today's episode. We're going to preview the game and Chase is going to provide some insight regarding the NHL team out in the desert. We have a lot to discuss on today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play by play announcer. Dell's rider for Pucks and Pitchforks and also part-time credential media member Trey Matthews. I hope you enjoyed earlier today's episode of me recapping the Devils' first win of the 2023-2024 season against the Detroit Red Wings. They came out on the winning end once again by a score of 4-3. to But less than 24 hours later, they are right back at it. And the Arizona Coyotes are opening up their season. So here to help me preview the game, he is a newly credentialed media member for the Coyotes, covering them on the Hockey Riders. In addition to that, he is also the beat reporter for the ASU women's hockey team. It is Chase Beardsley. So, Chase, we have a bit of a history, but this is the first time you've appeared on my show. I saw you earlier this morning. Uh, we did a radio show together for uh, uh, Cronkite, but how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Trey. Thanks for having me. As you mentioned, you know, we have a history, but very lucky to be on here and, you know, ready to talk some hockey. All right, so as said in that SNL skit by Chance the Rapper, let's do that hockey once again because the Devils, they have some decent momentum going into game two of 82 for them. Wasn't their best showing against the Red Wings, but that was to be expected. Work out some kinks, dust off the cobwebs. I discussed it in earlier today's episode, but I want to learn more about the Arizona Coyotes. So last year was a bit of a struggle for them. The Devils played them twice, and the Devils came out on the winning end in both those matchups. So in November of 2022, they won the first matchup four to two. Then the uh, uh, game in March, I was actually in attendance for that. Timo Meyer made his Devils debut. Devils came out victorious by a score of five to four in OT. Nico Heischer coming up clutch, but paint a picture of the Coyotes 2022-2023 season. What were some of the positive takeaways? What went right, but what mostly went wrong? Well, last year was just another step in their rebuild. Uh, They've been in this rebuild since Bill Armstrong took over, and we all knew it was going to be a slow, but very, uh, at the end, very fruitful rebuild. Um, This is one that they wanted to do right, especially after multiple years of failed rebuilds that got them nowhere. Last year, obviously, the big story was Clayton Keller, 86 points in the games that he played almost broke to Chuck's record for amount of points scored in a single season by a coyote. Um, really good stuff by him. I thought last year was his best season by far. He just continues to impress every year and continues to fervor his development as a forward and as a coyote team member. And he's here to stay uh, even with the arena vote uh, that I'm sure we'll touch on in a second um he's committed to this this organization and he's committed to playing here 
Uh, there was a lot of actually good things that happened with the Coyotes last year, even though their record wasn't the best. You know, first off, Mold Arena was very, very good for the Coyotes. No one had to drive all the way out to Glendale. The players enjoyed it. And ultimately, that's what you want. You want the fans and the team to enjoy their experience. And that's what happened. Um, on the ISO, we talk, we spoke about Clay Keller. But let's talk about some other players. Kirill Vimelka and Connor Ingram was a great goalie tandem going into last season. Expect them to be like that this season. You know, they might not have the actual record win-loss, uh, OT loss record. That might impress a lot. But their save percentages were above 900, which is impressive because especially towards the end of the season when the Coyotes were struggling to put out six uh, NHL-caliber defensemen, they were still rocking some great games. And honestly, the Coyotes won more games than they should have. If you look at their home record, they had one of the best home records in the in league. And that's really good stepping stones for this young franchise that is going to add some rookies going into the season. Yeah, so we call that mullet magic because we did see the Coyotes perform somewhat decent at home. They finished with an overall record of 28, 40, and 14. But like you said, there was definitely something special at Mullet Arena, which I want to talk about briefly because we got to address the elephant in the room. So obviously, the Coyotes wanted a change of scenery. They didn't want to return to their old facility. And basically, they came to a deal with the NHL, which was, look, we're trying to move to Tempe. We're trying to like up our hockey culture, but you're going to have to give us some time to try to get the vote in. And the NHL was like, fine, you can play at ASU's arena, the newly built Mullet Arena. Unfortunately, come early summer, it was the citizens of Tempe voted against it. But I think the problem was is that a lot of the ASU students had left for summer break. So you get a lot of old people like voting against it. That's my educated guess. But now... There's been a lot of speculation. Would the Coyotes remain in Arizona? Would they move out to Utah? Will they go out to Houston? Because Houston needs another, or Texas needs another NHL team, apparently, because Texas is a really big state. But digressing a little bit, what's the situation with Mullet Arena? Is this going to be their final year? Do they have one more year? Whatever the case might be, paint us that picture. What does the future hold for the Coyotes in terms of finding their own building? Yeah, you touched on it a little bit, Trey, uh, with the failed arena vote. Uh, very unfortunate. A big reason why I feel like they lost that vote was that, like you said, they didn't really activate the ASU side of things. They have a, a lot of potential there, and I feel like they're starting to really understand that. When I talk, uh, spoke to Javier Gutierrez, uh, who is one of the presidents of the Coyotes, uh, about ASU and their continuing relationship. They really like their relationship, and they're going to try to touch into not just the youth side, but also the alumni side going into the season. And I think because of that arena vote and what happened and how they didn't use those people to their advantage to try to swing this vote in their favor, that's why they lost. Uh, speaking about the arena deal, uh, it looks like Mullet Magic is here to stay for a little bit longer. Um, my guess right now, I would say around two, three years when they signed that lease originally, I believe it was a three year deal with a, a additional year on top of that if needed. Obviously, this is a bit of a setback, but it seems like they're going to be heading into the Mesa direction, which is the city right next to Tempe. Um, a lot of people have been uh, both sides of this because Mesa is a very, very big city, but 
what the Coyotes are most likely trying to do is build on the border of Tempe and Mesa, kind of like how the Chicago Cubs built their spring training facility right next to the border of Tempe. I think that's what the Coyotes are going to try to do. They're going to try to get a parcel of land that they don't have to vote on or get a public vote on because obviously that did not go well last time. And they're going to try to build quickly. Obviously, uh, you know, it might take a bit longer, but surprisingly, uh, it might not because that land that was going to be used for the Tempe Arena had to be remediated. Uh, This land that they're going to try to build on wherever that may be most likely is not it's most likely is not on top of a landfill um so it will still be around the same timeline you're going to see more mullet magic this year unfortunately if the coyotes do make the playoffs it was confirmed that most likely mullet arena will not host the playoffs that leaves it a question what if the coyotes make the playoffs so that's something we'll talk about a little later in the episode because i saw a recent story on cronkite news pbs that talked about the expectations that ownership has which is wanting to compete for a stanley cup and i'm just like why are we talking about this like the coyotes are with all due respect i don't think they're anywhere close to getting to the stanley cup now playoffs we'll we'll talk about that because you can obviously provide some better insight but let's talk about the uh hockey side of things let's talk about the offseason so some of the key signings that i highlighted for the coyotes was that they uh signed nick Bustad. Uh, Zach Sanford. Sanford won a Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues back in 2019. They signed 2020 King Clancy Award winner Matt Dumba, Alex Kerfoot. Um, So did the Coyotes get better during the offseason? Did I miss any other signings that might fall under the radar? What did you think about the free agency process for Arizona? Well, this was arguably one of their best offseasons in recent memory. They added a lot of players that have a lot of potential uh, most of them are on one-year deals, so if the if all falls flat, then they're able to flip these players. But these are really good players. Jason Zucker obviously coming off a career year or new, near career year with Pittsburgh last season. Matt Dumba, you know, he's been a bit struggling with Minnesota Wild, but this is the first time he'll put on a jersey uh, that isn't a Wild jersey in the NHL. I think those two players are very important because it provides a lot of locker room culture, and it also shows that players want to play in Arizona. If you look in the past, you know, they've missed out on a bunch of free agents or they haven't signed anyone really huge. And obviously being at Mullet Arena, a smaller arena, you think that would be a turnoff. But no, they're getting Matt Dumber. They're getting uh, Jason Zucker. They're getting all of these players that, you know, are pretty decent players into their organization. And I've heard nothing but nice things for from those players about uh, living in Arizona thus far. They like how, you know, the weather. And I think you can attribute to this, Trey. The weather is very nice out here. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think these players could be very, very interesting. Zucker is very interesting to me because he uh, throughout preseason, he was on a line with Dylan Gunther and Logan Cooley, uh, who is, the I think, the Biggest signing you missed, even though, uh, you know, it's not free agent signing, but is it? I was, so actually, uh, I I was going to talk about Logan Cooley yeah. towards like when we talk about the draft, because I know he was selected last year, but obviously Logan Cooley signing his entry level contract. People have a lot of expectations for him. I was getting to that just okay. talk about him for uh, when we talk about Shimashev and also Boot. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we'll touch, as you mentioned, we'll touch on that later. But going back to Zucker, I think that line could be very, very interesting. He's a good veteran. He's a good player. And his overall chemistry with the team, if you saw with the Penguins last year, he always stuck up for the team. He was always a team player. And that's what you really want with this Coyotes team, especially as they trend towards making the playoffs and trending towards the correct direction. That's what you really want. Um, other players, you know, Zach Sanford was obviously very decent signing. Uh, Andre Turney, the head coach, was very impressed with him all preseason long. Unfortunately, he's going to start in the AHL, but uh, we'll see what happens. And Michael Car Carsoni, um, or Mike Michael Carconi, rather, um, he was actually re signed by the Coyotes up for a one way deal. And he played amazing with the Tucson Roadrunners last year 80 plus points in his games played with the Roadrunners. Um, he's going to start in the NHL. So it's going to be very interesting. I feel like a lot of these signings for the Coyotes were really, really good. And if you think about it, like there are a lot of players that now want to come to Arizona, which is good for the market. It's good for the NHL. And, you know, it provides a very, very nice place to play. All right, so you jumped uh, a couple steps ahead of me. So you mentioned Logan Cooley, and we know a thing about Cooley because while he was playing for the Gophers, they came down to ASU, wow. and and we talk about mullet magic. Well, Robert Mastro-Simone able to get the game-winning goal and basically upset uh, that Minnesota team. So Logan Cooley selected last year in the NHL draft, and that was – and it, the Coyotes, in my eyes, were very lucky to select him because – as soon as Uri Slavkovsky was selected number one, that kind of opened up the floodgates for the next team to select maybe Shane Wright or Logan Cooley, which was the Devils, but they elected to select Shimon the Mets, a defenseman. And the Coyotes basically thought that they had Logan Cooley in the bag. They didn't work out people like Uri Slavkovsky or Shane Wright because they were very set on Logan Cooley. And I'm sure they were on pins and needles when the Canadians decided to select uh, Slavkovsky because I think the what people were planning was that Wright would go number one, Slavkovsky mm -hmm. would go number two, then Col Cooley would go number three. But like I just mentioned, it went um, it, it went uh, Slavkovsky, then Nemish, then Cooley, and then Wright fell to the Kraken. Uh, Logan Cooley is definitely a highly touted prospect, but in, in this past year's draft, you selected uh, Dmitry Shimashev and also Daniil Boot. So tell me a little bit about the young guns for this Coyotes team. Yeah, there's a lot of rookies to look forward to as this is a team transitioning out of a rebuild. So you're going to start seeing the fruits of all that pain and suffering trying to come into the lineup. And speak about Logan Cooley, obviously he's the big name. As you mentioned, the Coyotes got him third overall in that draft. And Devils are obviously drafting for a position. That was smart of him. I feel like uh, when I was preparing for that draft, when I was uh, previewing that draft, I always had an anemic uh, going to the Devils. I thought they were going to draft at that defensive position because, you know, that's what they needed at the time. And uh, it was a surprise, obviously, when Slavkowski went to the Montreal Canadiens uh, first overall. But I always felt like the Coyotes were aiming towards uh, Cooley. They had been talking to him for a very, very long time. And there, it was pretty much set in stone. It felt like that he was going to the Coyotes unless Montreal did a gangbuster and, you know, took someone else first overall or Cooley first overall. Um, but arguably he could be the best player from that draft. Arguably uh, had a very, very good year last year with Minnesota. And you mentioned that series against ASU. I think we were both at uh, maybe one of those games, but he did score a lacrosse goal uh, in one of those games. Very, very sick goal. 
And then just this preseason, I mean, we all we've all seen it. It's been plastered everywhere. Uh, Cooley scoring in Australia against the LA Kings with the um, little circle trick, and then you know shooting it on his knees. So good. He's he's a very good player, and he's fitting well with the Coyotes. And every chance that I've gotten to talk to him, he's just very very excited to play this first game. And as mentioned, this is his first NHL game that he's going to play against the Devils. So it's going to be very very interesting for him. It's very exciting time for Coyotes fans because this is a player that has been hyped up for so long perhaps one of the most hyped up coyotes players of all time this is a top end prospect and they haven't had a good amount of them or at least at the level that cooley's at other than logan cooley you're going to get a lot of players that you're probably going to see glimpses of or with the roadrunners josh stone is one that comes to mind i thought he had a terrific preseason and training camp uh, he scored a lot in both those uh both those instances, uh, unfortunately, the Coyotes elected to send him down to the Roadrunners, which, in my opinion, is the correct choice. I think he's going to light it up down there. But very, very exciting for the fans down in Tucson. And very, very excited for fans in Tempe because they'll eventually see them. Uh, Dylan Gunther is going to play a full season. That's going to be very, very good for the Coyotes. He's going to be shipped down as well to Tucson. But who knows? He might come up uh, for a couple games, especially if he impresses down there. And then, you know, you got more coming down the line. You have Geeky and Lamaru. Uh, they got sent back to juniors, but, you know, they look like very, very good players that will make an impact uh, right away and could end up with the Roadrunners this season once their junior uh, careers finish up uh, at the end of this season. And you spoke about uh, Shemeshev and Boot. Uh, I don't think you'll see them for a while because they are Russian, and we all know that KHL players or players over in Russia, you know, take a little bit of time to come over. But we know that, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, the Coyotes, obviously, you know, not rushing them. They want to do this rebuild correct. I feel like they, the reason why everyone was surprised by these picks is that Coyotes went, went different this, this time around. They drafted due to position, kind of like how the Devils selected Nemich. You know, arguably, Cooley should have gone above him, but the Devils drafted because of position. Coyotes kind of did that here as well with Shimashev and Butte. They're not the ideal uh, picks where they were, but they were one of the best players uh, at that position. And we've all seen the recent Coyotes drafting. It's been very, very good. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this Devils and Coyotes game. So this is going to be the second game of the year for the Devils, and they're already off to a 1-0 start. But of all the teams in the Central Division, the Coyotes still have not played a game. So what can we expect from the Coyotes this season and maybe specifically in this game against the Devils? Because something that I noticed last year was that the Coyotes were a very young team and the Devils are a very young team. So I feel mm -hmm. like the Devils tend to struggle against the teams that can compete with their speed because that's how the Devils try to beat their opposition. They try to outskate you. They try to outrun you. You got people like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. They are wizards with the puck and they know a thing or two about slicing and dicing the defense. We saw a little bit about that uh, in the previous matchup for Devils against the Red Wings. So what can we expect from the Coyotes this season, but more specifically in this game against New Jersey? Well, as we mentioned, Logan Cooley's first game. All eyes are going to be on him. Uh, Devils are a very, very good team, but the eyes are going to be on Logan Cooley. Kind of like how Connor Bedard, all eyes were on him and the Penguins-Chicago team. Obviously, on paper, at least, the Penguins are a better team but it was all on Connor Bedard. This is kind of similar. Uh, Logan Cooley is a very fast player. So he's going to skate alongside the Devils. He's going to be very fast. He's going to keep up. 
arguably that top line of Barrett Hayden, Nick Schmaltz, and uh, Clayton Keller. Very electric line last year, you know. They were some of the top scorers in the Coyotes uh, organization uh, last season, and they're back together again for this upcoming season. Obviously, Barrett Hayden with a coming out party last year really proved that he was selected in the fifth uh, fifth overall pick, I believe, uh, for the right reason. This is going to be an electric line that the Devils need to shut down if they're trying to win this one. Uh, it's going to be very interesting with that for that first forward line. Uh, but the Coyotes also added a lot more veterans, which makes the team kind of balance out more. You mentioned that the Coyotes are very young, and that's very, very true. You have a lot of recent rookies or rookies coming into the season, like Matias Michelli, Logan Cooley, Barrett Hayden isn't too old. Um even Connor Ingram, who's won the backup goalies, he's not very old either. And Yusuf Almaki, who's won the top uh, defenseman for the Coyotes, look out for him. He had a very, very good season last year. Very, very good offensive defenseman. And with J.J. Moser on his side, he's a very, very good uh, tandem, at least, on the blue line. There's just a lot of stuff to look forward to in this Coyotes games. Obviously, Cooley the big one. But I'm very interested to see how all these lines will work. Uh, a lot of new players in this organization, obviously, and, you know, Logan Cooley very, very hyped up. So I'm interested to see how they can compete against the Devils, especially after the Devils' recent trip to the Stanley Cup playoffs all the way to the second round. Don't worry, there's still more in store with Chase. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about FanDuel because I want you guys to make some extra money this NHL season. But the NFL season is in full swing, or should we rename it to the Taylor Swift League? Just a little joke, but... Snap into this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Also visit FanDuel.com and why don't you bet on some of the devil's money lines, props, etc. But please do so responsibly. And now let me tell you guys about Indeed. It's been a while since I've spoken about them on the show, but I'm glad that they are back. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you could do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. So Indeed Match, I think a lot of you business owners can use it. So Indeed knows when you're trying to grow your own business, you can make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applicants that match your must-have job requirements. You know the drill. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Once again, Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available to everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, let's get back to our Coyotes-Devils discussion with Chase Beardsley. Take it away once again. I expect for the Devils... Uh, projected top line of Heischer, Meyer, and also Mercer to take a few steps forward because they were kind of stagnant in the previous game. I mean, Meyer and Heischer had their opportunities, but I'm sure they would have liked to perform a little bit better. 
I loved what I saw from Jack Hughes and seems like he's trying to rough and tough a little bit because he's already racked up uh, four minutes in the penalty box. And for reference, Jack Hughes only spent six minutes in the penalty box all of last year and he appeared in 78 games. But um, we saw some decent production from uh, players that you might not uh, talk about all that often. So Siegenthaler, he had a quietly good impact. He had three assists in the previous game against the Red Wings. So I think for the Devils, they just need to make sure that they don't uh, get outran by the Coyotes because that was a problem in the previous game against the Red Wings. Yes, the Devils ended up winning the game, but if we were to look at the deserve to win meter on some sort of advanced analytics website, I think it would have went into the favor of the Red Wings because the Red Wings were skating circles around the Devils in period one, parts of period two, and period three, they got two power play goals. One was from... Um, uh, from the Brinkat when Jack Hughes got his penalty and then Fabry was able to get a power play goal on a shortened attempt because it was four on four. Then the Red Wings go back at full strength, 30 seconds remain in the game. And somehow, some way the Red Wings got that power play goal, which was a, a little defeating for the Devils considering the fact that Eric Halla had scored a, an empty netter goal, not uh, too many possessions ago. So I, th- I just think for the Devils, they just got to try to play their own brand of hockey. And it's going to be quite interesting. It's something I'm looking forward to because this Red Wings team last year, they were one of the worst teams in the entire league in terms of generating shots on goal. And yet you wouldn't have to- uh, been able to realize that in the in the game against the Devils. So my thing is like the Coyotes on paper, Devils and Coyotes, obviously it favors the Devils. But... Just given the speed of the Coyotes, I, I'm not saying the Coyotes will win, but I think they're going to put up a decent fight, especially since it's going to be the first couple of games of the year for the Devils. They're still a little rusty. They're still trying to get back into the swing of things. But I think the main X factor for the Devils is that they need to come out with a sense of urgency. And P.K. Subban even acknowledged that during the intermission uh, report in the previous matchup. So I think that's going to be the big thing for New Jersey. And they did it during the preseason. So I don't see any reason why they can't do it in the um, in the in the second game of the year. But first game for the Coyotes. And obviously, uh, like you said, all eyes on Logan Cooley. He's going to be uh, projected to play on the top six on the second line. And he's actually going to be patrolling it at the center position. And then obviously you got uh, Keller. Keller is a player that I've talked about on my show before. Uh, top line for the Coyotes. And uh, Veggie, uh, I, I think he's going to be the starting netminder for the Coyotes. So we're going to see uh, Schmid and Veg Melka go head to head against one another. So I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, a few hours away from puck drop. But Chase, any final thoughts before we close out today's show? Yeah, this is going to be a different Coyotes team than maybe Devils fans saw last year. Last year was kind of like their final stage of suffering. They had. Players like Zach Cassian, Patrick Nemeth, and no disrespect to those players, but they aren't the nowadays great players that you want in your lineup. There's no more Patrick Nemeth. There's no more Zach Cassians. All of these guys in this lineup today are going to be NHL caliber players, and they're going to be players that can really, really hurt you. And wherever that's scoring or physicality, it's going to be a different team than what the Devils scored last or saw last year. And I obviously attended the game at Mullet last year against Devils. It was a beating. It, it was absolutely a beating. And well, I, I mean, it, it was on the verge of being a beating early on in the game for the Devils because Meyer scored in his Devils debut. But yeah. the Coyotes, I think uh, Jack McVeigh uh, really yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, stepped up big for the Coyotes. And as a result, it goes into OT. 
And but luckily, Captain Clutch Nico Heischer came through. <laughs> so it, it wasn't the beating I think the Devils wanted. And also, I believe uh, VTech was also struggling in that game. So it, I wouldn't say it was a beating. It, it, it could have very well been a beating early on, but the Coyotes competed hard in my eyes. And once again, yeah. what I noticed was the speed by the Coyotes just able to negate the Devils in certain possessions. Yeah, I'm going to phrase that differently because you're 100% correct. I just thought the Coyotes were outplayed a lot, and I think the only reason why they kept it close was that bottom couple of lines were producing really well. And obviously, as mentioned, Vitek Vanchek, not really his best game. But again, this is going to be a different Coyotes team that the Devils fans are going to see. Um, but they should be excited. This is going to be some good hockey that they're going to see today. Uh, it hasn't been that way, arguably, uh, between the Devils and Coyotes for a while because, you know, the Coyotes have struggled. Devils have had their struggles of recently uh, until last year. Um, this is going to be some great hockey that every hockey fan should enjoy, or at least it should be. Um, and Vimelka is, you know, he's a brick in the net. He's going to, I feel, I feel like he's going to have a great season, you know had a 900 save percentage last year, even though his team in front of him wasn't that great. I'm very, very excited to see what he can do in front of a very good team, uh, or at least a relatively good team in the Coyotes. And as they make a probable push for the playoffs this year, who knows? Um, we'll yeah, see. So, so thanks for bringing that up once again. See, seeing yeah. what I saw on Cronkite News, PBS, no way. No way they're going to uh, – I, I just don't – I don't see them, especially making a Stanley Cup run. I don't know who was uh, trying to bring that up, but it's just <laughs> like I don't really, I don't really have. They're just not ready. They're just not ready. That's my thing. They're not that, ready. That's fair to say. I don't think they're Stanley Cup ready at all. That's no. very, very. They they have some good components. Don't get me wrong, but they're not ready. I think the thing that's working in their favor is that they're in the West, and out of the two uh, halves at the Western Conference is by far the weaker conference out of the two the eastern conference well, that's, that's saying something concerning the fact that the vegas Golden knights are the reigning stanley cup champs that is absolutely saying something but you look up and down the divisions in the east and the west i would say almost everyone in the atlantic division is definitely competitive for the playoffs and metro i mean besides philly i think all these teams are looking for a playoff spot this year but you look in the west and you look in the central division you obviously have your big boys in colorado avalanche dallas stars uh throw the minnesota wild in there but other than that in the central i don't see a lot of teams that you know are very very playoff caliber worthy nashville was obviously going for a little retool very very interesting one uh winnipeg who knows what's going to happen with them? I mean, they had the question marks of Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley for a while, obviously resigning them. So we'll see what kind of happens. But they did lose some pieces in the offseason. They could be an interesting team. You look at everyone else, Chicago is rebuilding, obviously. And then you have the Coyotes. And who knows? Because that those wildcard spots are open in my eyes. You look at the Pacific, you have Vegas, Edmonton, and L.A. as your staples. But then... Seattle maybe, but they haven't looked too good to start off the season. Who's going to take those two wildcard spots? And that's what really works in the Coyotes' favor. They have a decent team. They have a really good first line. If Logan Cooley takes off, if Kirill Vimelka plays gray again this season, and if their defense is able to really uh, stand strong, they could make a push for the wildcard series. Um, while who knows how far they, they would go in the playoffs, 
theoretically, and I don't think they would go far if they do make the uh, wild card spot. I think it's on the possibility and the realm of possibility to make it. And even Bill Armstrong said, look, we are we're going to try to make the playoffs this year, but this isn't the year that we plan to make the playoffs. He said that uh, right out of training camp. Um, obviously, the players are going to say, oh, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to try and make playoffs. But of course, the players are going to say that. We'll see what happens. It's a weaker conference in the East. Um, obviously, if they were in the East, I would say no way. But in the West, I think there's a possibility that the Coyotes very well could make the playoffs. Well, we'll see what happens. Obviously, very early in the season, and uh, we'll have to wait the, uh, until like the first 20 or so games before all teams start to settle in. And basically, you start to get a good idea who might be the contenders and who might be the pretenders and who is just like going straight to the lottery and just looking at who's available in the first round. But anyway, Chase, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to appear on my show and talk all things Devils and Coyotes. Where can my audience find you at? Yeah, so you can find me on my Twitter page, ChaseBeardsley underscore, as Trey mentioned, uh, obviously credentialed for the Coyotes. So you can check out welcome a... To the, welcome to the club. Yeah, thank you for having me in the club. Uh, you know, I'll do. I'll be doing some Coyotes articles all throughout the season for the hockey writers. Obviously, as Trey also mentioned, ASU Women's Hockey uh, team reporter. So if you have any interest in that, find it all on Twitter or at ChaseBeardsley.com. All right, so like I do to close out every show, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks, Chase, once again for appearing. Thanks, Trey.